You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So the world of research has finally done it. The That's University it. of UCLA and the University of New Mexico have finally figured out a really good use, if you will, for research and its bearings on, on the field for 3D printers. Because they have actually conducted a study. Uh, this is scaring me. Where they made a hundred different okay. models of penises. Okay. All various sizes. Narrowed it down to 33. And then got a group of 75 women to come as a sample size of cross-culture to decide what's the optimum size. Okay. Based off of the 3D printer models. Okay. Yeah. So they actually printed them out so that way they could see what's the Just optimum size. Just by visually size. looking at them. This is our research is by visually looking at them or are we using them in other ways? First, welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. What was the size? We're coming back to it. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is Dr. Corey Allen along with my wife Pam on Mondays. Hey, everyone. I want to say hi to the Sexy Marriage Nation. Thanks for taking some time out of your day, however you listen, to spend it with us. Um, we love the fact that you're part of the nation. And if you've got something you want to have covered or a question or a comment or a topic, uh, 214-702-9565 is how you can call our voicemail line or email at feedback at com. Also, jump on iTunes and leave us a re uh, re rating and a review of the show if you like what we got going on here because it helps us spread the word and the reviews are, are climbing. The, the number's going up, which is fantastic. We like it. We like it. So back to the question that my wife was asking. Yeah, um, so what's the optimum size supposedly from these so sample size of 75 ladies? For a long-term partner, the women reported that an ideal length of 6.3 inches is optimum. Okay. Which is really pretty good because most Americans, an erect penis is around six inches. So in essence, just above average is what's optimum, according to most women okay. from this study. And they determined this by looking at 3D printer images. No, these were actually printed out phallics that right. they used. Right, right. That they used as dildos. Yes. Okay. And they determined from that which is the optimum size. So it's just in case anybody was wondering, how do I stack up when it comes to my size? Well, the optimum size is roughly 6.3 inches, circumference of 4.8 inches. So it's just, just information to up. know. And they probably got some government grant for that research, too. It's very possible. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's very possible. Uh, oh, for crying out loud. So disclaimer, you know what? Every woman out there may have a different choice on that. Sure. 75 women is a pretty small sample size. Yeah, but if you're talking about the world of research, they take samples and extrapolate that out. That's yes. the way research is Understood. done. Okay. I'm curious so. <laughs> how big your sample size needs to be when right. you're talking an entire nation of women. But <laughs> just saying, I got you. that's just my accounting yeah. mind. I individual results may vary, in other <laughs> yeah. words, that's what you're saying. All right. 
So a couple things to wrap up from last week's show that uh, we talked about, uh, that we got some follow-ups at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com that are worth noting. Uh, one is an email that came in that says, hey, I appreciate the conversation about the ickiness of sex, but my thing and the aversion I have is specifically on cum or semen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I've gagged from it during oral sex. I freeze up on when it's on me. My husband will always clean up afterwards, and then we often use condoms because of this too, it sounds like. He's very supportive, but he definitely doesn't relate because to him, he sees his ejaculate or his semen as vulnerable, intimate, and life-giving which there's, I've heard that phrase a lot in sure. the sense of sure. it, it's kind of what it is. But I feel, and I feel like I've come miles from this in his, with his support where I used to say, ooh, out loud or literally gag. Now I'm just generally uncomfortable. So do you have any practical tips to continue to help work through this? Okay. So I'm going to back up because I think you left off at end of a sentence here. That's important. Oh, go. She says, now I'm just generally uncomfortable until... He cleans it up or I spit it out. Okay. And I think those are key factors. Yes, they are. come to a big point. I, I would say on the spit it out point, maybe you come to a point where he can just give you a warning. Does he have to actually come in your mouth? Right. And that's, that's the good idea of having that conversation to be prepared about where are we going with this? Because... There are some women, and there's research on this, too. I did not get all the numbers ahead of the show, but there's research on what percent of women are okay with the swallowing of ejaculate, what are okay with it in their mouth, but they're going to spit it out, and what are absolutely not. not, It's not going to come anywhere near my mouth. Right, right. If I'm okay with oral sex, I'm I'm good with that part. I just... I don't want the cum coming right. and touching my mouth. Right, and there's... Just give me a warning. I'll back off at the last minute, and you're still going to get that right. excitement. But um, And that's where the whole concept of uh, have oral sex and a blowjob in this specific context that we're talking about, it's more than just mouth on penis, typically, to, if it's the whole event. It's not just latch on and suck as hard as you can. That wears you out your jaw and yeah. it's not as enjoyable. You want to change it up and, and include hands and other parts of your body too. Right. So there can still be a great sensation there Absolutely. for that last Especially if you vary tiny it. little bit um, yep. so, can get them there. So communication is key to coming up with how do you uh, have a plan for how are we going to work this out? Mm-hmm. One of the ways, one of the places to experiment with this some is in the shower too, because you got the excess water to help with the cleanliness. And if it comes in your mouth, fill your mouth with water quick. If that's a, if it, that's an e- way to ease into it as a progression, yeah. If you wanted to try, but specifically for this emailer, she's asking, can you suggest some practical tips to continue to work through this? What I'm hearing a lot of times is from what she's saying is this is an attitude kind of a thing. This is a a mental thing. That she's got some roadblocks is what she says. They persist, and she wants some more advice. Sure. So it it, come, it does come to how do you continue the conversation with your husband, since it seems like that's already helped with him, his position on the issue being vulnerable, life-giving. It's not a disgusting thing. It's the essence of me. It's coming from me. It's inviting of me onto you, into you, whichever. Continuing that dialogue is how we ease through this because we don't typically have, when we're talking about aversion things and dealing with 
disgust reactions that mm -hmm. we can have. It's desensitization is the way you go through this. It's not just a switch that's flipped and it's changed. Okay. So it's gradual. And so some of the things that you can use is if, and maybe this doesn't apply specifically to her, but one of the things that some women can have as an aversion to semen is the taste. And this is the same kind of concept that happens with women as far as the taste of a woman's juices and when it comes to sex and her ejaculate that is a part of this concept and her lubrication. That might be an issue for it, her husband. Absolutely. It, some of it can be. But mm -hmm. sometimes what you could do is an hour or so before sexual encounters to where oral is going to be a part of it, eat a lot of fruit. Pineapple. What is, okay. What is that supposed to do? It will with? change the taste of the semen and the woman's lubrication. It'll sweeten it. So if I'm going to be given a blowjob, I need to eat the fruit? No. <laughs> I mean, that's a legit uh, question. Thank, that is, thank okay. you for that question. Good, good clarification there, Pam. Okay. <laughs> no, it would be the husband would eat it because it's his body. The taste of the semen would change. Just an hour. Around an hour or so. Okay. If you, go, you, if you do it from what I've found, if you do it sooner than that, it doesn't have enough time to get into your, into your system. Okay. But it can. It'll, it'll shift the taste some. Interesting. The other thing that can cause some of the pungency, if taste is an aversion, is if you're a smoker or a drinker, the, that mm. can change and alter the taste and make it a little more bitter and acidic, if you will. So it's, it comes down to our diet, which is interesting. Yeah, that a, makes a lot of sense. A lot of what we talk about, the diet makes a difference on our sex life. Mm -hmm. And so it specifically makes a, a difference on, on, on taste. But then the other thing I think of, and this is, this is one that is pretty creative that, I, that I've come across, is if you're, if you're worried about the disgust of it on you, if it's the actual texture, the look, the feel of how you experience it, one thing you can do is utilize yogurt as a desensitization thing. Dribble some on your skin because it looks similar and see if the mind, because when our mind will do some great things, as well as some quick reaction things that don't always help us. All right. So sometimes seeing something that looks similar calms our mind down because we realize it's not that. And then whenever you do have semen on you, you might go, wait, I handled that and it looked very, very similar. What's the big deal? And now all of a sudden I'm making equations that lighten the, the reaction to it. Okay. I, I get it. I mean, there's different ways you can desensitize yourself to, mm -hmm. to various things. So, um, that makes sense. I, I, you know, I'm just thinking, Oh, put yogurt on myself. Well, but maybe I turn that into a sexual thing too. And, I, and typically, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say just, you know, Hey, sex. listen to sexy marriage radio and put yogurt on yourself. So <laughs> not, it's not necessarily that use it as part of yeah. the interplay between you. You know, have him dribble some on your breasts. He can lick it off. Yeah. And, you know, you can rub it around. You know, it, it can be a lubricant. It can be a natural thing. Yeah. She may find that icky, but if not, if it really is just the cum that's the issue, maybe that truly would be something that could um, right. help with that. And if you're, worried, if you're worried about the biology, there's actually, there's no harmful chemicals in semen. It's all natural. Right. So it's, I mean... The vagina is a sensitive area as uh -huh. far as the pH that it needs to have a balance. Otherwise, you get infections. 
right easily as a woman so if it's if it's mild enough for a vagina it's not harmful for a mouth and a throat Right, that's a mental thing. It is, it's, but it's, sometimes it's it can thing. be. Yeah, but it's bad. It actually has some proteins in it, and so it's it's not a harmful thing. Okay. Overall. All right. Okay. Well, so while we're on the topic of just some follow up, yes. to, to that from last week, we uh, had someone else that had emailed in regarding the honeymooners that had. Had all, they waited until they got married, yep. and then they had all this stuff come up, and and now sex is painful, and they've heart, it took him a while to try and consummate marriage, yep. and yep. Um, we had just referenced real briefly. Obviously, in thirty minutes, we or actually that episode, we only talked about that one for about ten minutes. Right, we can't cover everything, um, but. Um, we so we just referenced real briefly that you know there could be medical reasons for that. And we had a great listener email in with a, an experience she had with vaginismus mm-hmm. and some solutions for that and just asked, hey, can you throw this out there to the nation? Um, she had had issues for years with vaginismus. They did the same thing. They waited till they got married and thought, oh, this will be great. And four years later, she's still in ridiculous pain, couldn't have any penetration at all. Right. Even to the point of couldn't even have a tampon. Yeah, no tampon, anything like that. It was painful. Or exams at the doctor. Right. So she actually spent two weeks in New York at the Women's Therapy Center and says in her email that they totally cured her vaginismus. Right. She's... Right. It's been a great experience Absolutely. Because the reference was... That a, a lot of tightness is around anxiety, but sometimes it's it's beyond just that. Absolutely, it's not just a mental thing; it's mm-hmm. both. And so you use in, um, dilators or different things of different sizes for expanding the vaginal opening. Right, it's a gradual process right. to it, get to that, and you have to deal with the anxiety all along with it. Right. So she gave us, you know, a website, and the, the, their website has great information out there. We're just, I'm going to reference it here real quick, and we'll put we'll it. Put, in it'll the be show in the notes. show notes. Yes. You just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, and that's and that's fantastic. And again, uh, shout out to the Sexy Marriage Nation being active and engaged, because I think this is the same kind of thing we're seeing with the Sexy Marriage Academy, that when when we've had experience with something that's helped us and we share it, we get the chance of helping other people that didn't even know. Absolutely. That's what we enjoy doing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I I have to say thank you for, for that and, and how, how great it is that we have people that can, that do want to expand other people's worlds based on their experience. Right. All right. And so then another topic we've got, is this is I love this email because this came in that a guy was saying he talked on a uh, family he was on a camping trip and so it was a bunch of guys around the campfire and somebody made a, a quip about how husbands are biblically supposed to enjoy their wife's breasts which is Proverbs five nineteen okay amen um, <laughs> then someone claimed that it was also proven scientifically that. Uh, they were claiming research has said that the power of breast play is so strong that it can be used in couples counseling as a method to heal marriages in rough patches. Also claimed this research was that couples engaged in regular breast play had significantly higher emotional connections to their spouses. Okay. So 
He's pretty skeptical of these things, so he was emailing Sexy Marriage Radio saying, just because the science says that, is that true? Right? Because he, he respects our show enough to know we don't just throw out pop culture references. And was there science? What we try to do is, is go from research, go from credentialed sources. Right. If we're, if we're espousing something, go from things that have been, been tested out. And so he thought he would ask, can I please cite any paper studies, et cetera, that's been done on the benefits of breast play in marriage? And I love it. It says, thank you, Jeff, a skeptical person who happily enjoys his wife's breast without the need of a study. Right. Which I'm going to agree with that as well. Um, so I don't know of a study or a therapeutic intervention where breast play is part of the process. That's nothing I've ever heard of. Uh, granted, I'm sure there are some out there that that might be part of what they have prescribed for their couples, particularly couples where um, the breast is a quite the erogenous area for the wife and then in turn the husband. Okay. But what I do know is the benefits of the breast as part of arousal, that there is some research. There's some, the journal, what was it? The Journal of Sexual Medicine in 2011 posted a study that found um, stimulating of a breast triggers the same parts of the brain as stimulating of the, of the clitoris. So it's the same okay. response in the brain. Okay. So therefore, for some women, for sure, it is possible that it can be just as or even maybe more arousing than clitoral stimulation. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can see that it would be that arousing. Yeah. Yes. So what, where I extrapolate that kind of research into this kind of a question, sex can be healing for a marriage. Orgasm is a very healing component of life. It's a life-giving, brain-altering experience. And when you do this regularly with the same person like marriage has set up to be, it enhances the relationship and it enhances the connection because you have the dopamine and oxytocin release that's associated with orgasm that allows better bonding to your mate. Sure. So I can see how you can extrapolate out that breast play can have some therapeutic and healing properties to it and components, but whether it's the straight on, Hey, you need to operate with this more. Um, if I find that study, I'll be bringing that to you, Pam. <laughs> right, right. For the for the buddy around the campfire that said there's research, right. he may want to figure out where that research is before he says there's research. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of easy to extrapolate things out based on, right. oh, I just covered all with, uh, you know. It's, well, some it's guy at the scientific. water cooler at work said that that was research, <laughs> so I'm I believe him. Right. Another interesting thing is, I didn't realize this till I was kind of preparing for this email that uh, in that same research, it found that a woman's breast can actually uh, increase by almost 25% when fully aroused. Wait, back that up? Her what? Her can breast size can really? actually increase. Okay. Because there's, there's a, a similar engorgement. It's not at uh -huh. all the same kind sense. of correlation as what happens in the, the labia, but it is, it does have some components that are similar 
in the whole process with arousal. I, yeah, that I don't disagree with okay. that. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm no medical doctor, but um, <laughs> life experience might say a little bit there. Sure. All right. And so one more. This is a voicemail that came in that we're going to use to uh, venture into answering the question for sure from the caller. Okay. But then also, uh, I think this is a segue into the last kind of topic we can cover. Okay. How are you? Um, I want to bring up with my wife the fact of I like to wear her panties and they feel really nice on me. Um, and if have them join us in bed, how do I bring that up? She's very vanilla. Bye. Okay. So I love the fact that we have a listener willing to call in and ask a somewhat of a loaded kind of a topic question. Because when you're dealing with fantasy, the one thing I've, I came across, Esther Perel made this comment, is fantasies are often politically incorrect. Yeah, and that's why lots of times they stay secret. You mm-hmm. know, they stay in someone's own mind. Right. Uh, and... They don't, people don't feel comfortable with that a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so this brings to mind, how do I bring this up? That's what he's asking. How do I bring this up to my wife? Because she's pretty vanilla. Well, well, obviously being straight out, um, if she's vanilla, he knows a little bit about how she may react. He's probably, Mm -hmm. and he's probably. Hence the hesitation to bring it up. Yeah, he's probably not too far off. If they've been married any length of time, he can probably finish a few of her sentences and know how she's going to react on things. Uh, one of the things uh, that I was thinking about, we, we actually had another emailer email in this week talking about um, the yeses, the nos, the maybes, the leftovers, right? Right. That, that we've talked about on shows in the past that you and Shannon talked about on shows in the past. And you guys have talked about, um, the our intimate choices. Yes, um, it's a worksheet. The worksheet that's out there, yeah, and so. And it'll be in the show notes too. We'll put that in there as well. It'll be a download. It's free. Yeah. Well, my thought was, well, maybe on a big, broader topic that he and his wife can look at is something like this PDF, this our intimate choices that goes through a whole list of things of okay. what do each of you. What's on the table? What's off the table? Use that as a segue, as, as, as a framework. A yeah. And so use what's on the list, but also just have some write-ins. Here's something else that's not on the list that I'm interested in, and I'd really like to know what you think about it. Because that way you're getting, a, maybe you're getting some ideas of stuff you're not already doing. Right. From, from the options they're putting out there. Uh, maybe you're addressing some more kinky things i don't know mm-hmm. that you you've never even thought of so because you are pretty vanilla tiptoe into it a little bit slightly yeah. yeah i i i think that just having that topic straight out not just coming up with um out of the blue hey i just came home from work and by the way i'd like to wear ladies underwear to sleep in because i think the silkiness just feels really great uh, that mm-hmm. might be um how, you know, where's what's the good timing on that? But incorporating it with another conversation that's just a broader um, 
sexuality and and sex acts conversation mm-hmm. between the two of you might be a good segue. Absolutely, and I, I I also think of this as a willingness to share a fantasy or something a little more erotic in in nature. That's actually a marker of a greater level of possible trust in the relationship and in the partner. I'm going to expose more of myself to you. So maybe that's a lead into the conversation of, Hey, I only, I bring this up because of the faith and the trust I do have in you and in our relationship. Right. Esther Perel's book, Mating in Captivity frames it that way of some, a partner, a spouse sharing something deep and dark with them is actually a huge good thing. Yeah, because but... they're because they're willing to risk it with you. They're willing to share it with you. What you do with it is where we get off the rails. Yeah, if I'm a third party and I have someone tell him, if I'm on the outside looking at this couple and seeing one of them disclose something to the other, I might say, "Oh, look at that! He's trying to be so intimate and disclose everything." But as the spouse getting caught off guard, that's not what it looks like at that point in time. Uh, I, Whoa, you just caught me off guard! Agree. Oh my goodness, I'm not ready for this. I'm I just fell flat on my face. Right. Agree. But the the whole goal is how do we reframe this to start to see? Wait, this is actually more intimate. This yeah. is actually the possibility of progressing this relationship deeper than you've had before. To me, the point is not, do you actually satisfy his question? Not, does he actually accomplish it? That's, that's up to them. Sure. The point is, how do I bring it up? Well, you use some of the tools or that, that Pam just mentioned of, Hey, use the, our intimate choices as a guide to set a framework, sprinkle it in with that, see where it goes. The other thought is you just say, you know what? I've had something kind of, I'm scared, reluctant to share with you, but I'm going to just share. Yeah, just come straight out. Come straight out. And here it is. And now we navigate how we're going to, what are we going to do with this? How how do we proceed? Yeah. And, And at the same time, is there something else you've been thinking of that maybe you haven't brought up with me? Brene Brown talks about vulnerability, but gets vulnerability. And so a lot of times, if we would just be vulnerable and take the risk, that's all that's been needed. That yeah. that changes the context of it. It does. Okay, this has been good. I have to say thanks to the Sexy Marriage Nation and for all that they do to help make our show and our nation what it is. You guys rock. You are the sexiest people on the face of the planet. And so if we left something undone or you got questions that uh, this has sparked in your mind... 214-702-9565 or as always feedback at sexymarriageradio.com you got anything to add as we sign off out of no out of have here? a blessed day thanks for taking some time out of your day we'll see you next time